MSW Media. Hi, this is Pat Oswalt. And this is Meredith Salinger. And you're listening to What We're Drinking with the very handsome Dan Dunn. <laughs> glug, glug. Glug, glug. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. Oh boy, excitement is abounds. It's all around today. In just a few seconds, we're hearing one of my favorite voices. But before we get to that, I uh, just want to remind you, those of you in the New York City area, I will be doing a live recording of this very podcast at the Stand Comedy Club on Thursday, May 4th, 8 p.m., in the main room, Victor put me in a baby room. No, I'm in the fucking main room. Big show. We got uh, Corinne Fisher, Justin Silver, Ryan Long, uh, Ryan Long, Colm Terrell, and possibly a, a big time guest might be rolling in that night. I can't say who it is though. He he, he, wanna, he doesn't want to have a, a massive crowd show. Be like the if I tell you who it is, it'd be like the Beatles. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be there, too. For tickets, go to the standnyc.com. Click on shows. Click on May 4th. That's what my show is. Uh, it's sponsored by our fine friends at Jose Cuervo. Going to be um, pouring the Cuervo Cristalino. But I'm not gonna, I could tell you about that now, but I'm going to wait. I'll tell you about that when the show happens. So uh, for more info, go to, uh, you can check out my Instagram, at the imbiber. I'm also on Twitter, but you know, I want to talk to my guests about Twitter actually. So let me bring, he's sitting here right now. Uh, man, I've known him for many years. He's a legend in radio and podcasting and one of my favorite people to hang around with. He uh, was formerly on the Adam Carolla show. He's now the Brian and Gina show from LA Magazine, brought to you by LA Magazine. It's a new show and it's all the rage. I love it. And if you listen to it, you'll love it too. Brian Bishop. Good to be here, buddy. How are you? It's good to see you, man. Great to see you, man, uh, outside the studio confines. <laughs> it's You're weird. just in your home and uh, relaxing, enjoying your other company. It is weird because usually we were, you know, for many years we were, well, for a little bit we were doing it on Zoom during uh, the pandemic, True. but for a lot of years we, I'd be sitting across from you in the Corolla show studio. Uh, you are no longer with the show. Correct. I don't even know if I'm any longer, if I'm with the show any longer either. Uh, well, that remains to be seen, but- uh, you moved on. You got other stuff. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we're hosting the Brian and Gina Show, the official podcast of LA Magazine, uh, which is exciting. Trying to make it appealing to people all around the world, not just people in LA. But of course, in LA, you have uh, uh, plenty of places, uh, things to do. Uh, so we have lots to talk about. We try and talk to article or authors from the magazine about their articles. So we've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff going on, a couple, couple times a week. Is it is it a challenge? I mean, look, people love Los Angeles as sort of this beacon around the world, but is it a challenge to take a show that is L.A.-centric and make it 
you know, uh, palatable for a wide audience? It is and it isn't. I mean, that's a horrible answer, but it is in that, yeah, that's an inherent conflict, right? Like we're talking about Los Angeles Magazine, things in there are generally in and around Los Angeles. We're trying to try not to make it to inside baseball. But the other side is we've been given an incredible amount of freedom to sort of make the show whatever we want. So, uh, you know, we try and relate stories about our lives, things we've done, things around town we're up to. And also the the authors of the articles we're talking to, they, like you said, they, like you alluded to, they, just because it happens here, it has reverberations around um, uh, the world. You know, we talked to, uh, last week, talked to an author about an article about uh, Coachella. Obviously, that's Southern California slash LA based, but everyone's interested in Coachella to some extent. So, um, yeah, it's a balancing act, but I think we're, we're figuring it out. So, when you were doing Corolla, you and Gina Grad, who I love as well. And it was sudden, you know, we don't have to rehash all that, but it was, it was sudden. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I, it was a shock to me. <laughs> I was going, Think I, how I felt <laughs> I was the first week in January. I was going to Philadelphia and I was doing the Corolla show live with Adam in Philly. Oh, I didn't realize and that. I mentioned to, to Chris Laxamana, the proof. I said, so Brian and Gina aren't, aren't going to be there in Philly. They're not coming. And then that's when I got the, well, not only are they not <laughs> going to be in Philadelphia. And I immediately texted you, I think right after that. But so that Adams, whatever's going on there is going on there. So you're not there. How did this come about? The new show? The new show came about very abruptly. Uh, Dan, I got a uh, phone call on a Thursday morning, maybe a month ago, uh, from Mark Garrigo, so you and I know from the Corolla Universe. Uh, If you don't know who that is, he's a uh, very well-known lawyer, represented some very famous people over Mm -hmm. the years, and uh, he also does a podcast with Adam. He he does our podcast occasionally. Um, Ours, I still say ours, is the Adam Corolla Show. He still does the Corolla Show occasionally, and uh, he knows Gina and I, he knows me and Gina through that. And uh, I got a phone call on a Thursday morning uh, from Mark Garrigo saying, hey, I just bought uh, LA Magazine and we're looking to uh, start a podcast. Do you want to host it? And I said, yeah, I mean, Dan, you know how it is in this town. Just nice to be offered a job as opposed to, you know, auditioning or, uh, you know, whatever, interviewing and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure. It sounds like a lot of fun. I happen to love Los Angeles Magazine. It's one of the last magazines I ever read of any regularity. It was the last magazine I had a subscription to. So uh, it was. A, it's always been a fun part of my life, my adult life, and uh, to be offered the opportunity to host a podcast uh, with someone I like, Gina Grad, uh, who I have chemistry with, and you know, we work well together, I'd like to think, um, is uh, kind of a dream scenario. What went into Garagos buying LA Magazine? Was it was it for sale, or did he pursue <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I can't answer that just because I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, Maybe it was the biggest thing available and that's why he dove in i don't know i don't know what kind of changes he's making other than to start a podcast which obviously worked out well for me um yeah he's an la guy he owns a couple of restaurants downtown you know uh, engine company 28 and 10e and uh yeah he's he's uh diversified so that must have been uh, quite a relief because especially in the landscape you know i'm seeing it now and the podcast world exploded right and especially during COVID. Right. I'd love to get your take on this, but I kind of feel like now there's a correction coming. They, mm. There was a lot of money that was thrown at, a, at a, yeah. a, a small amount of people. We'll look back at today in recent history as the good old days. 
Yeah, it's it's you got a lot of celebrities that got into the game, and now I'm seeing. I think a lot of the celebrities are going to get out of the game, not because now the world's open back up again, right. and they're kind of like they realize this hard work doing these shows, and and unless you're getting smartless money, you know, or unless you're getting what Conan must have gotten, or they're not going to. I think that like the Sunny guys would be a great example. I know they were doing a podcast, and I don't know All if right. they're still doing it anymore. Interesting. They might have said, you know, let's. There's more money in TV and movies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the business side of it that well, but I will say, I think you're right. I think that uh, a lot of celebrities uh, have gotten into podcasting recently, thinking, oh my god, this is a quick way to make a few million bucks. And it's like, well, I mean, that certainly is on the table of, of possible outcomes. More likely, you're gonna have to work really hard, put in hours, talk to people you don't care about, uh, and, uh, make a lot less money than you think. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 um, the bubble feels ready to burst at least, at least, at, at least on the sort of celebrity top heavy side of podcast. Well, because it's, a, it's a big circle jerk, Brian. Like I, I find my, you know, I like smart lists and I like some of these other shows, but then I find, and I listen to Howard Stern and, and I find myself going, it's all the same people. I remember at one point I was like, I like Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. You know, I went, how many times can I hear him? He was just on Smartless. Yep, he was just yep, on Stern. Yep. He was just on Joe Rogan. He was just on Mark Maron. It's, it becomes this sort of incestuous thing. And that's kind of why, you know, I'm grateful to have a show like this where I'm not, nece- I mean, we have a lot of celebrities on the show. Case in point, look yeah, at you. Now we're uh, talking. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm not Thank beholden. You, I'm not beholden to celebrities. Right. I can do this. I could continue this show if I never had another famous person on it. True. Because, it's about something other than celebrity worship, which frankly is, you know, smartless. I'm, I, I was really into it. Why do I keep bagging on smartless? I but say, I, but I, but I, fuck him. I'm coming after them. But I'm just saying, for example, like I'm getting to the point where I'm like, how much, it's like a big blowjob, you know, like how much do I want to listen to? Oh my God, you're the best. And uh, radio, hell, I love radio. I, you know, but it's just like, it gets old. Well, speaking of radio, you're, you're sort of inadvertently, describing a phenomenon which is imagine you were in your town you didn't just get your morning show you got every morning show so yeah you didn't just hear jim carrey on your show talking about his new movie you heard him on every show talking about his new movie which you know is the sort of manifestation of podcasting taking over or at least replacing in a lot of ways traditional radio um you're yeah brendan fraser or whoever is going to make the rounds he's going to go on this podcast and that podcast and that podcast and if you happen to listen to a few of those you're going to hear a lot of brendan fraser so i guess maybe it's just a matter of being selected but what that does i think is suddenly maybe these shows aren't as valuable as the the Spotify's and Apple's of the world thought they were sure. when they threw all this money at them. And, but we'll, we'll see. Well, well I that's know- why not to interrupt. That's yeah. why a show like yours, a show like Joe Brogan, a show like Adam Carolla's where you're right. It's not just about let's talk to this person and see what they're all about. They have thoughts and ideas like Joe Rogan's a perpetual, you know, motion machine. They could keep going in perpetuity. You know, you have you know, the booze, obviously, and thoughts of your own. Corolla has thoughts that will never end. Like, they have fuel, you know, to fuel their uh, machine. Whereas, you know, a lot of these other shows rely on, you know, the Brendan Fraser. I don't know why you're racking on Brendan <laughs> Fucking Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Dude, we're going we're going hard at Smartless and Brendan Fraser. Fuck I made, them. I made, no, I'm I kidding. made a little bit of money off Brendan Fraser this year. I bet on him to win Best Actor when the uh, uh, when the um, 
uh, nominations first came out. I was like, I saw the movie, uh, The Whale, and I was like, there's... Can you is... bet in Vegas on this? No, it's online. Oh, you know, okay. It's, it's a bovada or whatever it is um but you know i could take that money out if i wanted to made a little cash (laughs) or 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 more likely here's here's how here's how my online gambling cycle works um lose all year really lose at the super bowl make it all back in one fell swoop on the oscars continue repeat that's how it works i love i just like enjoy losing throughout football season and uh, the super bowl and then the oscars come around and i make it all back Fortunately, I did not bet on the Super Bowl because my Eagles were in That's it and right. I can't That's I can't right. handle betting on it and oh, being as invested as I was, but I would have gone real heavy on the Eagles so that would have made it even worse. Okay. We barely even talked about the Eagles versus the Niners. That was that was a terrible. Wait, that was a let's bad day. let's move on. Let's move on day. from this. Um okay, one of the things that I always loved about coming into the to Corolla and do these uh, drinking segments was sort of the dynamic in the room. Gina didn't know much about it, but she was always game, which right. was great. But you had the most discerning palate, certainly in the besides me, I guess. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, in terms no, of, but you were very, right. you're, you're very interested in 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 spirits, and I think whiskey in particular. And you and I talk about whiskeys and such off the air and things. So what I thought having you in, what a great opportunity was. I got so much stuff here, so I figured I'll just pull out a bunch of Please. whiskeys. Some of them are new, okay. and some of them are old. And we'll do we'll do a little reviewing with you because I I really appreciate your perspective on these whiskeys and I think the audience will as well. So first Please. up, uh, I always like when this happens. A guy reached out to me who's a fan of my show, uh, and what is his name? Jim Hand. I think it's Jim Hand. I don't want to mess his name up. I'm going to mess his name up. Um, and he has a, a whiskey called Hand Barrel Bourbon, and as you can see, Brian, right here. Very cool here. Let me hand this Those to you. Nice very cool looking like bottle here. As that- I get older in my life, uh, I, I start to appreciate packaging more, especially with booze, because you know it looks good on my shelf. Yeah, it, and that's it. I think that is important. So this, this is, is a great. new. This is a newer brand. I, again, I like when people just reach out. And, you know, put throw it. You know, throw your nuts on the table. Say, here we go. Try it. He he said, yeah. I want you to review my bourbon, and I, and I'm going to tell you this. I have not tried it. So I'm oh, trying this, this, this is a virginal uh, experience. I'm trying this for the first I'm, time I, with I, you. I would, I would hope that if you make your own whatever, bourbon, wine, beer, whatever, that if you took it seriously, you're like, yeah, please. I, I'd love you to taste it and let me know what you think. Have you, the courage of your convictions, you right? Go. Okay. So I'm going to pour a little bit here in this into this Glencairn glass. All right. Can I reach over and hand you mine? Is that okay? Yeah. Let me get yours as well. And... This is exciting. First, we're trying this hand. So let me tell you a little bit about yeah. what we're trying Does here. This, this is come a, from Kentucky? Yes, it's from Kentucky. And uh, it's a small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. The mash bill is 64% corn. We all know that in order to be bourbon, it's got to be at least 51%, 51% corn. 51, that's right. 24% rye, 12% malted barley. Uh, obviously, American white oak barrels new. That's what you got to do. Char number four, which is a high char level. And what char means, you know, is that that's how much they toast the barrel, the barrel yeah. not burn the barrels. They, mm-hmm. you know, to get, then, then, then the whiskey sure. will then extract from that char. What I don't know is the scale. Does it go up to four? Yeah. Heavy char. Non-chill filter. Uh, chill filtration, as we know, is used to kind of, it's, it's a thing where they remove, 
move things that make it look cloudy and stuff like that. Oh, the they do it for the look. Oh, for the look of the whiskey, but a lot, that's sort of yeah. gone away. That was a practice that was used a lot in the past. It's going away because oh. they they want to leave all that stuff in there because yeah, there's a lot flavor. of good stuff. Yeah, this is uh, this is. Uh, it, it went into the barrel at 105 to 115 proof. It was bottled at 105 proof. It is $70 a bottle. And as Brian and I both pointed out, it's a very cool looking, but the bottle is shaped like, like a barrel. Yeah. yeah. So now let's uh, let's nose. get the nose on this. Let's do it. Great nose. I like that a, a lot. A little caramelly, right? A little, a little uh, car- a little. I'm getting the corn, maybe a little buttered corn on yeah. there, right? You. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, I got I got a little bit of caramel, a little bit of sweet. Yeah, the butter is right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some spice though too. Cinnamon maybe? You get cinnamon? Sure. All right. I like this. Uh, and by the way, this is the thing. When you're home and you're doing this, everybody, you want to nose. You want to nose that whiskey and you're, you literally feel your palate start, your mouth start to water. That's what you're doing. You're priming the pump to drink this thing. And, and as I've talked about when you and I have tasted before on Corolla, I like to take a little sip first, swish it around my mouth, get ready. Don't take a big sip right away. Just mm, swish it around. Got that? Yeah. Now, we, now we're, and then I take a bigger sip and really sort of experience that whiskey. Mmm. Mmm. Butter is right there. Get yeah. that right? Yeah, it's nice. That's. Yeah. Well, give it's us a, your a little honey sweetness on that. Yeah. I think um, I'm getting the oak, tasting the oak. It's got a uh, sort of an oily, viscous mouthfeel to it. Do you getting that? Yeah, you're right. I usually uh, throw a couple ice cubes in there, but this is this is nice. This is I, you know approachable. what I? Know what I got? Mm. Apple pie. Oh, really? A little bit. Like it's just that the apple pie crust. Yeah, a little bit of the apple on there. I got the. I definitely got the caramel. I definitely got the butter. And it's it's got that smooth, almost butterscotch, like that little bit of smooth sweetness. Yeah, oh, I'm enjoying this. So now that we've we've tasted, and now we when you always you hear about the finish, people go, "What's the finish?" What that is, it's it's really just it's like it's like consciousness, it's like meditation, right? That's what it means to me is re, when you just relax and experience what you're tasting. That's what the finish is. Okay. It's not like they injected something that shows itself <laughs> at, at the, the end. end. <laughs> it's what you're experiencing. The palate, when you hear the palate, that's sort of the first thing you're getting. The finish is, how do you feel after? What's that warming? I mean, I am feeling that warming, but I'm getting the spice, which tends to happen, and a little bit of tannins on there, you know, from the wood, which Interesting. is a term year, uh, usually wine. with wine, but I'm getting that and I try to put myself in a time and place, and here we are on one of the first nice days of the year. This is, a, you know, you're wearing shorts. This is, yeah. a, this is a nice day outside. I'm like, yeah, this is a great summer sipping bourbon, but I'm like, I would enjoy this in the winter. This has got that sort of sweetness of the holidays. Yeah. I could see that this could go, I mean, this would be great in a refreshing cocktail, refreshing yes, yes. summer cocktail, but you're right. I could see this at Opry Ski as well, just would, in a snifter. Would you feel bad blend, not blending, uh, uh, mixing this into a cocktail at $70 a bottle? No, okay. no. I mean, I, this- I'm asking what the people want to know. I, something like this, I would, I mean, you know, the one that jumps out at me and which usually does when I'm drinking bourbon is an old fashioned- I like an old fashioned with orange bitters in there. I really like the citrus that orange, uh, that component that orange bitters brings. And I think this would be great in an old fashioned, but I think it would also be good, you know, 
blasphemy here, but people would say, but no, put a little, I put a little Coke in this. Oh, Coca Cola, bourbon, and Coke, man. It might be gilding the lily for me. Uh, I like, I love ginger ale too. That's my good, that's a good summer go to for me. I like bourbon and ginger ale in the the summertime. I don't mind that. Uh, Refresh my memory. Uh, 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 Mint julep is a bourbon, right? Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Would Would be great in that. Yeah. He's probably singing a mint julep. Coming up, mint julep time is almost upon us. That Kentucky Derby is coming up. All right. Well, look, this one, I think we're both giving this one a thumbs up here. Give the name again, please. Hand, Kentucky Hand Barrel. This is the small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 70 bucks a bottle. Uh, And just so everybody knows here, nobody's paying for this shit. Nobody's paid me to talk about these whiskeys on this show. You told me to Venmo you to come on the show, (laughs) you son of a bitch. So uh, go to handbarrel1l.com. Get more information. You want to buy some of this. All right. Hey, let me ask you this. I have a baseball question. You don't have to answer this if yeah. you want to, but uh, you you ever do sponsored branded, branded content? And if so, how do you differentiate that for the audience? Yes. Uh, we'll do... So, for instance, we're doing the show in New York. Sure. A lot of times my live shows. So, sure. Cuervo is sponsoring the show. Sure. At the top of the show, I will say this show is brought to you by Jose Cuervo. We're going to be drinking Jose Cuervo during the show. Hopefully, they won't regret that. <laughs> there, there was one brand, I won't say who it was, and we did a live show in New York, and they were supposed to show up, the people okay. from the brand, and they didn't show. And on stage, the comedians were ragging on me that so they, they didn't show. The booze? I don't want to go too much into okay, it because right. it's a big brand. So I, I was I need a few li- more hints. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little tipsy on stage, and I. I let it be known my displeasure with them for not showing up to the show, but of course that all got cut out of the final of version, course. so they didn't know. They were like, "Oh, just the live audience." What happens? Treated. What happens in the comedy club stays. That's what I love because mm. they don't let you record anything when you're in there. Nice. But yeah, so we'll do that. Well, I, I, I do a lot of that stuff where they'll sponsor the live shows. Uh, but when I'm doing this reviewing, no, this is you know this is, I'm giving my honest opinion, your honest terrific. opinion. So um, I love it. All right, we're gonna try another one. But I want earlier I teased my the Twitter thing. Should I feel bad about pouring this last little? No, no, just pour it in a dump cup. So you're on Twitter. I'm on. I, I, I really can't stand it. I, I really want to get off, and I've been asking myself why can't I just quit it? And it is it FOMO? What like is it because like it doesn't help? I don't think it helps. For? Yeah, do, I mean, you ask my opinion because I have thoughts. Because you argue with people on Twitter, I not, see. Not, not as argue, much. but you not use, as yeah. much. I, it's just such a cesspool to me. Yeah, I go back and forth sometimes, but generally just kind of you know making stupid jokes. I will tell you this: uh, number one, Twitter is is so great. Twitter is this is going to sound like an insult, but I mean it as the highest compliment. Yeah. It's the AM radio of our generation, which is if some if news breaks or something happens, you are getting instant information, instant feedback, instant analysis on Twitter, real time. Okay. You know, whether it's a sporting event or or some sort of political thing or or some sort of disaster, like you know an earthquake here or a flood there, like you will see footage of this within moments of the goddamn thing happening. And that is incredible that we live in that time. So it's valuable in that respect. I will say I agree with you in a sense that it's successful, but there are some valuable aspects to it. And I will say not to get too touchy feely, but um, Twitter is a great resource for connecting people who otherwise would be, have a hard time finding connection for a specific group you're aware that i obviously have cancer and um have been you know 
to varying degrees a sort of advocate in that space for many years. Uh, and the, the, the way that Twitter can put together people who are going through a specific type of cancer or a specific type of anything, you know, you can find other people, you can find sort of borderline celebrity accounts. I don't mean celebrities like actors and actresses. I just mean notable accounts dedicated to fill in the blank, you know, whatever ailment or malady or even just a, uh, like a trauma recovery, you know, people who've lost spouses. This is getting a little bit heavy. That's not what you're talking about. But I do find value there, and I hope that that stays even as other things go away. Okay. Sorry, yeah, that was a little modeling. I think, the, I think the difference is I don't care to connect with people <laughs> anymore. Like, I really Understood. don't. I, I found myself, the more I'm on there, I'm just going, what is this bringing to my life? And I do have a bad habit of clinging to ex-girlfriends and whatnot sure. and not wanting them to go away even though i know it's bad for me and all and that's how i feel about twitter but i see you getting assaulted with people than i do well i don't do it anymore oh, you I, don't? I try, okay. yeah i stopped i was okay. like I, I can't do it and and look there are some people that are i know there's some people that are, if you want to call it like fans of mine mm. on there i don't have many on twitter but the people that reach out and say nice things which is really cool in mm. fact a guy a guy wrote me um, just today, uh, give him a shout out. His, he wrote, so I talked about my friend. I mentioned you that a good dear friend of oh, mine yeah, yeah. died recently. And, um, this guy is Chris Westland, son of a podcast. It's called, I know Chris. and he wrote me and he said, I am a couple weeks behind on podcasts. I just heard you talking about your friend, Mark. Sorry for your loss. So stuff like that is cool, man. When somebody, nice. somebody, nice. you know, and thank you, Chris. And I said thank you already on Twitter too, but thank you for saying that. Like that makes me feel good. But those moments are few and far <laughs> between fleeting, on Twitter. Yes. Most of the time I find myself getting furious and then the algorithm, because it's, like it's like a car wreck. I'm like, so Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Donald Trump Jr. kept popping into my feed and I finally just had to go block because I, it's making me nuts. It does I suck. I can't stand these Some people. of the worst actors end up being what gets the most traction. You know yeah. what I mean? That's just, that's, uh, yeah, that's an unfortunate uh, side effect of this whole thing. All right. I agree with that. Let's have another drink. This Please, has driven yeah. me to drink now. So Blue Run is a whiskey. has been around... Uh, just a couple of years. Should and I it was, clear the palate by doing a little water? Is yeah, that, dump a little water. No, yeah, I, I mean, I don't do it. I just, yeah, I just, well, I just dump it into the cup there. Oh. And then, so Jim Rutledge, he's a bourbon fall, hall of famer. He's the guy that sort of put this whiskey together. And um, Shaylin Gammon is also the whiskey maker there. She's sort of, Jim's mentoring her, I guess. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. So now this is a really good one here. This is called Blue Run Kentucky Straight Bourbon Reflection One. Okay. Pour you some of that as well here, Brian. And this is exciting to try this. I haven't tried this either. First time. Okay. So let me, uh, let me see what we got here. Blue run reflection one is, uh, it's not, there's no age statement on it, but it's at least four years. Uh, it's a hundred dollars a bottle. It's a castle and key distilleries where they're making it. And let's try this. The nose is uh, let's great. do the it's oh, and so we we talked about this before. When you're nosing a whiskey, and not that Brian's doing this, I'm telling you oh, folks out there listening, you don't ram your nose in the glass. You don't want to do that. It's going to burn out your nostrils. You just kind of want to hover over that okay. glass, keep your mouth open, your nose open, and breathe it in. Like See, this. this is different than wine uh, uh, tasting, wine nosing because wine you nosing, you want to get your, your nose, nose in there. In. Yeah, you want to get your nose in there. But this, the whiskey will burn your your no- okay. nostril out. Okay, no, so, so here we go. this one, I get a little more like. I still get the caramel. I still get the uh, 
uh, a little bit of butter, a little more maple syrup, maybe. It's good. Yeah, it's almost like a little. It's funny you say that because I thought of French toast right away. Yeah, yeah, it's right. It's so it's must the, be the syrup on the French this is toast. Bre- yeah. Breakfast bourbon. Why am I thinking of? I must be hungry. I'm like yeah. apple pie, French toast. Uh, I get some honey, but the other one about this one, this is um, a little than the previous than the hand barrel, which I'm not saying it's you know not then I like the hand barrel, but this has a little bit more lively like apricot, maybe some. Okay. Flowers on the nose, sure. you know, like I just was walking the dog and I, I walked by a, some jasmine and not oh, yeah. that I'm getting jasmine, but that feeling you get when you smell fresh flowers, yeah. this is evoking that. Yeah. Not, not, not syrupy sweet. I'm not to bring up syrup again. What I mean is not sickly sweet, more like that sort of uh savory sweet, if that makes any sense. Ooh. Now I just took a sip. Now what are we, what are we looking at here? Uh, the age. 95 proof. So. All right. You can almost set this on fire. So 40, what's that? 47 and a half mm-hmm. per, uh, alcohol by volume. So it's it's lower ABV than what we just had. I'm getting. What Vanilla? am I getting here? Am I crazy about that? Mm. I'm going to stick with the citrus. I'm getting a little marmalade. I'm getting a little. Okay. This one's weird, but I got. Good though. I pizza like crust. No, no, I don't mean the whiskey's weird. I'm saying this is going to be a weird note. Oh, okay. Pizza crust? Oh, I didn't get that. No, mine tends towards the, uh, the sweet. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It is sweet. Not overly sweet, though. Nope, nope, no. Not, not but it's definitely sweet. sweeter than what we just had. Yes. I, I would, I stick in, I'm sticking by my hints of vanilla. I would say this is a, this is a sort of a delicate sipping bourbon. I can see that. And Jim, you know, so just so we know, Jim Rutledge, the guy I'm talking about, the Hall of Famer, he was at Four Roses forever. That's oh, where he okay. made his bones at Four Roses. Yeah, there's a little bit of spice on there because of the rye in yeah. the uh, in the mash bill. Uh, I like this. Do you have the stats on this or the, the corn rye? What breakdown? is the? I don't. I can't. I, you don't have to. I just curious. I can't me. find the breakdown on That's this. Enjoyable, one, but though. it's. Uh, What's that retail for? A hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm trying to find it, but, uh, I can't, but if you go to blue run spirits.com, Oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, Oh, it's, uh, it's sold out by the way. It's saying on the website. Perfect. Um, but you know, you can get on, there's always the secondary market. There is always the secondary. Where market. do you go for the secondary market? Is there any, you just log on, show? you just log online and there's a lot of, Resellers, people but that I'm buy. Saying, is there a what? Is there an eBay? Oh, there's this? like a Decanta. There's a it, just tons of sellers online. So people buy them, mm-hmm. and then it's bullshit. It's like StubHub. You know, what I mean, it shouldn't sure. exist, but it's that's what happened. Market. Every people buy shit, and then they resell it. And okay. it sucks that that happens, but um, it's not. Are you going to get gouged if you go on there, or are you, you're going to pay more than you would have paid? Of yeah, yes, well, they got to make a profit. Telling me what? I can't find it. I can't find what the mash bill. Um, yeah. All right. Well, they're. Well, it doesn't matter. You can't get it, it anyway. <laughs> Come over to Dan's house. Come over here if you want some. You want some of this blue run, but it's I, two winners so far. Yeah, they're both really good. Uh, similar but different enough that uh, you got a nice variety going on here. I like it. Jesus, man, we've been going for a while here. Let's. Um, this I would put into like uh, old fashioned. I don't know. Maybe I'm foolish on that respect, but it uh, feels like it would play nice with all this flavor. Unless it's shitty bourbon, I'm always going to love bourbon in an old fashioned. Okay. You know, uh, I mean, I like rye too. But uh, that's a good point. Um, let's take a quick break here. We got some sponsors. 
We'll pay the bills, and then we'll be right back with Brian Bishop. You know, my favorite rabbits of all time are Bugs Bunny, Thumper from Bambi, Roger, Peter, the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, and of course, Velveteen. In case you're wondering, no, I don't like the Energizer Bunny. Not one bit. It's all amped up and banging that goddamn drum all the time. Don't keep going and going and going, Energizer Bunny, please. Just stop. But I digress. For as much pleasure as my favorite rabbits have provided me over the years, none has made me as happy, and by happy I mean tipsy, as Rabbit Hole. Yeah, that's what's up, Doc. Rabbit Hole's bourbon and rye recipes are totally unique, and they were created by their founder, my friend Kave Zamanian, who spares no expense in making great whiskey. Kave and his team have their own cooking methods and they use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter, they use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which nobody does. Nobody, except Rabbit Hole. What you end up with is a line of bourbon and rye with these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. With all due respect to the famous rabbits that hold a special place in my heart, I'm here to tell you unequivocally that none of them get me hopped up. See what I did there? Like Rabbit Hole does. It's my go-to American whiskey. And you know what? You should make it yours. Can we play around with my voice a little bit? Put a little sound effect on there? Oh yeah, that's it. All right. The dictionary defines fresh as recently made or obtained, not canned, frozen, or otherwise preserved. And that same dictionary defines victor as one that defeats an enemy or opponent. This is fitting because when you combine the words fresh and victor, you get a line of all-natural clean-label cocktail mixers that kicks all the other mixers' asses. Fresh victor is like the Liam Neeson of mixers. I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. Well, yeah, if great taste could kill, then damn right, Liam Neeson. Fresh Victor features a bunch of unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with no waste. None. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a deal to my listeners that should be taken immediately. Go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code FVDAN20. That's FreshVictorDAN20. FVDAN20. You get 20% off your order. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. And we're back with my old pal Brian Bishop. Check out the Brian and Gina show. LA Magazine podcast is available everywhere. Podcast stream. Brian and Gina talking about things in Los Angeles, but things that are also universal. True. That's right. That's God willing. That's how you roll. And I'm going to be on there one of these days. I yes, hope. Soon. Yes. Okay. You ready to, to do a little bit more whiskey? Yeah, man, let's do it. You got to put that mic by your mouth there. You know, pardon. I'm, I'm, you've done this before, it's right? It's been a while since that podcast. Yeah, there you go. It's funny. I, you know, I don't do this very often on the show where we just straight up tasting and I like it, but I like doing it with someone like you 
who knows what the fuck you're talking about. You're you're uh, able to identify. So where did I'm that bar- come? Barely there. I'm barely do you there. do you find that is that something you work on? Like when you're home and you you got a pretty a pretty good collection of spirits at home. Do you work on tasting? Like do you enjoy that? Yes and no. No in the sense that so I'm relatively new to bourbon. Uh, I love it, but I have you to thank because uh, it coincide your your appearances on the Adam Carolla show coincided with me going keto. I went I went full keto a few years ago, and I was keto for. Four years, four four solid years. I give up beer. I didn't drink very much wine, uh, and I went full keto. And you kind of opened the door for me for like fine, nice bourbons, and uh, I've enjoyed them ever since. Now, before that, my adult years, very into beer, very into wine. Got married in that valley, um, and I you know, belonged to a few wine clubs. So uh, definitely more educated in the wine and beer space. But uh, I'm glad that I'm having an opportunity now to uh, raise raise my game as it were, uh, for the uh, bourbon tastings. Well, I'm, um, I have I'm, you to think. I'm glad you're here with me. And, and, yeah. and you're welcome, of course, my friend. But <laughs> I, yeah, I like, you know, like, I like drinking with you because I, I enjoy people that that understand it that get it more importantly, that are that are curious. About yeah, it, totally. So, um, this one here, as in whiskey that we've all heard of called Old Forester. And this is not new, what we're drinking, but I raided some of my old supply here. This is the Old Forester 150th Anniversary Bourbon mm. Batch 2, which came out in 2020. Okay. It was $150. That was the suggested retail price. I don't imagine you're going to find it for that. Uh, it's, you're not going to find this in not a store, <laughs> but you could probably find it online. Or you could go to, when you were asking me earlier, like there's a, a site called Wine Searcher, right. which is not just wine, obviously, because uh, I'm talking about it in the, in the context of whiskey, but you could find it on there. Uh, in fact, let me d- d- click on that right now and see what it would say here. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I just clicked on it, and the average price is $663 Damn. a bottle now. <laughs> wow. Uh, but back in the day when it came out, it was $150. Oh, now I sipped us slowly. All right, we got this in our Glen Cairn glasses here. Uh, so everybody knows the Glen Cairn glass is the one with the, the wide bottom and it narrows. It looks like a tulip. This is a great glass for for tasting whiskey. There's not a glass you want to put ice in. This is just for tasting whiskey. Neat. This would be what you would get traditionally if you're at, a, at an actual professional tasting these are the glasses you'd be drinking out of okay let's do the nose on this one brian let me hear what you what you're experiencing in addition to that great uh bourbon caramel that you get through all the great bourbons a little bit of brown sugar yeah all right i brown sugar no that's for me all right i'm gonna throw one out here crazy maybe it's on my brain because i talked about it earlier in the show but cherry coke Oh, I didn't see that coming. Cherry Coca-Cola. It's got a sweetness to it, though, that I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I'm also... All right, ready for this one? Let's hear it. Take a Snickers bar. You take a bite of the Snickers bar and immediately take a bite of an a, a bite of an orange wedge. Oh, wow. That's The specific. Snickers bar and the orange wedge, that's the <laughs> taste I'm getting here. I'm not joking either. That... that I'm getting this just on the nose. I mean, my wife's a real foodie and she makes her own caramel. And when she does that, uh, I can, uh, it smells, this smells like the kitchen smells. Okay. It's got a little bit of that cooking, like cooked caramel. Let's, uh, let's take a little sip here. We get it on the pound. Mm. Chew that up. Mm. 
I'm actually doing that. And <laughs> and I do like to do oh boy, that's got a kick to it, doesn't it? That really by the does. way, this is a this is sixty three point two percent alcohol okay, that by makes a lot of sense. That's a hundred and almost it's hundred and twenty six point four proof. This is the by far the uh yeah, the booziest. Okay, so what I would do is let's take another sip neat, but be careful, and then maybe pour a little bit of water in there okay. to open it up. Break so, it up. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. The second so, taste was a lot more uh, accessible. All right. So if you if you put a couple of drops of water in it, I bet you're going to be able to get that in. All right. And now that's going to open it up. What the water does, everybody, is obviously it dilutes the alcohol. It brings it down. That's how they. That's how they do it at the distillery. So now you're bringing the alcohol content down, and what that will help you do is be able to identify the flavors more readily because you're not your palate's not being overwhelmed mm-hmm. with alcohol. So now let's try it. I have a thought. I have a question on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. My question. Well, let me taste this first. Oh yeah, man, that's good. That's a that is uh, that's a substantial whiskey. That man. is smooth and approachable. It I is mean, with the water. Yeah, it's got a very. I mean, uh, I'm getting the leather and the uh, dark fruit. That's funny you mentioned leather. It has a more it has an earthiness to it. Yeah, right. And and there's smoke. There is it's a it's rugged. This is the that's the word I it's coming to mind for me is rugged. This is a this is like one of those ones where you go, hey bartender, leave the bottle. <laughs> It's like if Indiana Jones hit you with his bullwhip right oh, in the tongue. Oh man, this is like Keith Richards' ball sack. This is seen. This is seen some action. Strap yeah, that was around his ball sack. <laughs> this is a bold whiskey, right? You know, yeah, this, for is, sure. this is this is um, you know, if you're going to find this on the secondary market and you're going to spend six, seven hundred dollars, uh, this is a whiskey. This is a collector's whiskey, it obviously. Is. And I, I was I was only half joking with the Indiana Jones bullwhip on your tongue. It's dancing on my tongue. You know what I mean? It's got a little bit of a uh, yeah. after after effect. Mm. I am digging this one. I am there's no edge statement. This is seventy two percent in the mash bill, seventy two percent corn, eighteen percent rye, which is why you're why you're getting that and you're saying that it's smooth and approachable, is the the corn is of the ingredients in the mash bill, which is corn, rye, and malted barley, mm-hmm. the corn tends to be where the sweetness comes sure, from. Sure, of course. Where the, you know, and uh, 72, corn, 18 all. rye, 10% malted barley. It's got a nice, like, sort of light mahogany color to it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? All, another it's, a, thing? it's got a, um, I feel like this would have been medicine 200 years ago. Been <laughs> Could have been, they, yeah. But you they know what? either cured or killed people with. You know what I just got, though? I just took another whiff. Bananas Foster. That's interesting. I went the other way. I thought I I, t- I smell a uh, like a wooden bookshelf, like a, like a library, like you know what, like uh, uh, rich old guys have a library in their home. Yeah, and there's a little dank in there, but it still smells of wood. That's what that's what I'm getting. I mean these all as a compliment. Yeah, no, I mean look, this one stands on its own. I mean, you know, this is a whiskey that has been well reviewed all over the world. As yeah. I said, it's been out for a couple of years, but. I've just it's just been sitting here. I haven't cracked it until now, which well, is I'm glad you I'm did. Really happy that we did. You said earlier you had a question. What was the question about diluting whiskey? It was it was more about so I think you and I probably talked about this briefly many years ago when you brought gins into the show and uh, I explained my my I'm a martini guy. I love gin. Um gin martinis of course. It's a martini, not a vodka martini. Um 
and I prefer mine shaken. And uh, you had pointed other people, of course, and you had pointed out that uh, when you shake it, you get ice chips, dilutes the the gin a little bit. And my thing is, okay, if the if the ice or the water is fine for the high end bourbon, why would it not be fine for the high end gin, which just releases the aromatics and the flavors that much more? Well, first of all, most gins are going to be eighty proof. Okay, right. so when you're diluting it, you're you could say well. You're bringing it down to a level where you're not even the alcohol's being mitigated. But okay, but yeah, I, I think respectfully, this is your home. I don't want to insult you. <laughs> you you're not diluting any any. You're still you poured in two ounces of gin. You're still drinking two ounces of gin. It just happens to be with a point zero one ounce of of melted ice at this point. Yeah. So you're diluting each sip, but you're still consuming the same amount of gin. My take on that would be that. People tend to be kind of dear about yes. about about how a martini yes. is made, right? Well put. Very well put. specific. I'm glad you mentioned this emotional component to this. Whereas with 126 proof whiskey, you can dilute it down, water it down to where it works for you. Mm-hmm. But I think purists, pu- there's a lot of purists when it comes to martinis, mm-hmm. and they're like, you cannot fuck with this thing right right? like this is how i want it and i want it exactly that way and you put a fucking ice chip in my thing and it ruined it okay you've destroyed it you know these are these are people that probably are have a little ocd and whatnot i mean look i'm not i'm not precious about any of this stuff like i you know the only thing I don't like is, you know, obviously if I'm in a bar and somebody gives me a drink where the proportions are off, mm-hmm. and that tends to be not so much with a martini for me as it would be with, say, a Negroni okay. or a sure. sidecar. Too much where of there's, this and none of that. A sidecar was always my go-to to figure out if a bartender was good or not because it's one of those drinks where if, if the lemon's off a little bit, mm-hmm. it's done. You right. fucking ruined it. If you if you know if the cognacs if there's a little too much if you use the wrong cognac it's done. If the proportions are off, the drink is off. The Negroni's like that for me. A, uh, a a blood and sand is like that. These are drinks where I believe the components have to not only not only have to have great components, but they have to be in the, the exact right proportion. measure proportions, yeah. or else it all falls apart. Whereas drinking drinking whiskey neat. Is look all right? Well, I want to I want to dilute yeah. it down to a hundred proof. I Your like mileage it there. may vary. Yeah, so that would be the difference. But you know, at the end of the day, man, however you like it, right? Drink it that way. See, I can't I can't sit here and pretend to be innocent because even though I'm 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 agreeing with you against these very particular uh, uh, preferences, the perfect martini to me has somewhere between one and two drops of vermouth. And I often will specify that to my wife's embarrassment. And oftentimes, you probably notice this, uh, in LA at least, um, half the time, more than half the time, the bartender's like, oh, we don't even use vermouth. We just, you know, shake the uh, gin over ice. That's just a that's just a way for alcoholics to not yeah. feel so bad about themselves. Yeah, because the if you walked in and said, "Hey, can I have three and a half ounces of gin, please?" Mm-hmm. Just fucking with straight a, with out. An onion. <laughs> you know, it's a, so if you just call it a martini, yeah. then yeah. it doesn't seem. You know, so then bad. you're not boozing too hard. Uh, <laughs> I love it. All right, so the old Forester 150. If you if you got us some extra dough and you want to enjoyable, want to do it. enjoyable. Right. We're gonna do one more here with you, Brian Bishop. 
my friend. Well, we're going to do this more often. We've I just said that to you when we took our break. Let's we got to we got to make this thing. more of a regular thing. Let's let's get married. And let's do it. Let's, let's so this one we're going to do the Frey Ranch. I feel terrible. Wait, can I pour this in the? I can't do this in here, can I? I'm going to give you this old forester here. I'm going to let you take this with you. Really? Yeah. Look at you, man. I feel this, terrible. This amount here this is a fine whiskey. Just make sure it's on there. There you go. Look at you. This is your payment for coming. Uh, oh, that's so that's nice. probably more than I'm making on this podcast. <laughs> uh, there we go. So I'm pouring the freight. Where's your glass? Oh, sorry. Let me. Uh, he does not, here, give me the other glass. There's another glass. Yeah, yeah give me that. That's the one I was <laughs> asking about. He does not want to dump one. that. There I really you. feel bad. All right. So f- last one. Here we go. Thanks, buddy. All right. This is Frey Ranch. Now, Frey Ranch um, is made in Nevada. Oh. And they're great people. I've met them. The uh, the couple that makes it, Ashley and Colby, sure did a dinner with them at Moza a couple Ooh, months ago, nice. and and they are they've been farming in northern Nevada for a long long time, and then they put a distillery in there in two thousand and six, yeah. and this thing Good they won a lot of awards. I don't know if I've ever brought this into the Corolla when we did it, but this one this does not sound familiar. This one is their uh, straight rye whiskey. Mm. This is fifty uh, percent ABV, so a hundred. Proof, also known as, what's a hundred proof known as? Oh, I don't know. What well, bottled in bond. Yeah. Oh, really? Bottled in bond. I didn't yes, know that. Yes, sir. One hundred proof, and uh, so, and then this is made with one hundred percent winter cereal rye. Okay, so no. And this is a slow. That's a slow grain rye that they grow there on their farm. Uh, it won double gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, which is the, you know, probably the most prominent, Okay. even though I used to judge there, they still, <laughs> they've come a long way. Whiskey Advocate gave this thing 93 points, but most importantly, what does Brian Bishop oh, give it? Let's, let's, well, let's, let me ask you this, uh, just establishing question, uh, with rye, is it always hundred percent rye mash? Is no, it? not always. No. Ooh, this, okay. So this, very different nose. I get like fre- fresh cut grass. Oh yeah, I mean, well, because of the rye, you're not oh, getting. There's no corn, obviously. No, which yeah, is, what I'm yeah. saying is it's totally different nose. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take our listeners on a journey. Mm. I say our listeners. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're already took. You're already on the show now. You, you yeah, become a regular like, part. This, of the this smells like you're sitting poolside. You know what I mean? Like a nice, like a like a nice place. I mean, it's got that. It's got. It's got that almost fresh sort of. There's uh, vanilla I, yeah, on yeah. there. I was going to say like a hibiscus, but almost like a herbaceousness, if that makes sense. I mean, uh, this is spicy. This smells like what? outdoors. By the way, I don't know if you can hear this. They're, uh, the the these landscape. Are direct, these are directional mics. No the landscapers are outside uh, right. blowing shit right into my house. Um, the spice on this is substantial, significant. You're getting, I'm getting a black pepper on that. Mm. There's a little bit of... Uh, Almost yeah, a, almost yeah. a raisiny. You know those. What are those things? Currants. What are those uh, black licorice things? You know, I'm Cur- currants, 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 cacao. That's 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 good. Don't make fun of me, Dan. I'm a what about brain tumor? All right. What about almonds? Getting any of that? Yeah. Getting any of that? Um, yeah. The the, the um, it's it tastes. It smells like a uh, like an almond grove. You know what I mean? I, I just I smell this and I'm instantly transported to uh, to somewhere outside, like a like a like a like a winery tasting space. I'll tell you what I'm doing with this one, right up front, Manhattan. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. put a little obviously 
made out with it, two ounces of this, you're going to do one ounce of sweet mm. vermouth and then some bitters in there. And I would use Dale DeGroff's okay. bitters, my, my old pal Dale. Yeah, this, is, this would be a fantastic... I want one. I don't have any maraschino cherries. Though. My old, well, that's easier to come by. My old Italian grandfather used to uh, admonish my father for ordering a, 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 my dad's name was Mike. Mike, what can I get you to drink? I, I don't know. My grandpa's name was Babe, Babe Lorenzini. Oh, babe, what, babe. About, uh, what about Manhattan? Manhattan, you got to be 50 to order Manhattan. <laughs> you would admonish him for being oh, way too young. Oh, my God, I love a good Manhattan. You know, what about, I mean, you are, you a, are you a Manhattan guy? No, I'm not 50 yet. What's a good drink that you? I'm putting you on the spot, but this is your business. What's a good drink that you would prefer rye over bourbon as the main, the main ingredient? That I would prefer rye over bourbon, right? Because like an old fashioned, you might prefer bourbon over rye. You can go either way. You, you know what I'm I, saying? Okay, I don't know this one, but what I might do with this, we talk about Manhattan. Have you ever had a, a cranberry Manhattan? No, oh, I'm not fifty. Oh man, <laughs> you basically just do a Manhattan, and then you take a little cranberry sauce. Ooh. It's holiday in a glass. That is it the re- holiday. It really is. Say. It's a holiday in a glass. I would do that. I would do, uh, you could do this with a toddy. Like, Ooh, you know, and, and I place the bourbon on there, you know, a little honey, a little water, lemon juice. I mean, I don't know why I'm thinking about these wintry drinks. You really now. are. When I've got the, uh, uh, let me think. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I feel bad. No, no. Um, like, a, like a lawyer, a good podcaster doesn't ask questions. Have no you heard of a drink called a Warden 1854? You know I haven't. Lemon juice. That would be the rye. You do lemon Warden. juice, grapefruit juice, some strawberry syrup in there, some aromatic bitters. So it's it's a you you it's it's like a Ward Eight. You know the drink, the Ward Eight. Sure. So that's a, a version of the Ward Eight with this rye. See, you know my weakness, Dan. I don't like grapefruit. Oh, I'm weird right. that way. I admit that. I, listen, I wish there was a world where I love grapefruit. I just don't like it. I'm going to give you this. I want you to try this. Maybe you'll maybe this will come. You'll come around. So the Warden 1854 is two ounces of this this Frey Ranch straight rye whiskey, half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, half an ounce of fresh grapefruit. Only a half an ounce. Half of an fresh ounce I can deal with. Half an ounce of Liquid Alchemist strawberry syrup and okay. one dash of bitters. See You're going to combine them in ice. You're going to shake it, strain it into a coupe. And then garnish with a grapefruit peel, but in your case, I can do maybe a lemon, a lemon peel. A lemon, yeah. yeah. You so, know what? In a drink like that, where uh, grapefruit is one of many ingredients, and many strong ingredients, strawberry liqueur and uh, lemon, that's going to be the star of the show right there. I can deal with that. I can live with that. That's not. It's just in the uh, Palomas of the world, where it's the uh, where it's the main a, player. A, a key component yes. of the drink. Yeah. It's it's too much. Can't do it. I do like Can't. a good Paloma, though. I know you do. You brought Palomas in, and I felt so bad. I was like, I don't like this, man. I'm so sorry. Oh, behave. This has been a pleasure, Brian, and and, and I, I hope everybody... Let's review. We had the Frey Ranch. We had the, the Frey Ranch Rye. We had the Ranch in my hand. Old Forester 150. We had the Hand Bourbon. And what was the other one we had? Uh, it was... Um, oh, the, Blue, the, Blue the, Run. The Blue that's Run. That's right, that's right. So we've tried them all. I'll put them up on the at the Imbiber on Instagram. I'm not sure if I'm going to be on Twitter. You heard this earlier. That's right. 
And Things that have changed between now and then. Where can the people find you? Well, they, I'm, I'm approachable on all social media as at bald Brian, Brian with a Y, uh, if you'd like to follow my uh, hilarious observations on love and life. But please uh, sample the uh, Brian and Gina show. It's not just uh, L.A. talk. We try and make it uh, palatable to everyone everywhere and uh, try and make it interesting. So let me know what you think. Dan will be on soon. That might be a good starter episode. I love it. Uh, and of course, everybody out there listening, I want to thank you. As Brian and I alluded to earlier in the show, there are lots and lots of options out there in the podcast sphere. And I am eternally grateful that you uh, have uh, chosen to take this time and spend it with me and my buddy here, Brian yeah. Bishop. Check out his show. Check out my show. And apologies to the folks at Smartless. Earlier we were bagging yeah, on Yeah, I was going to say, they really took it hard. And of course, Brendan Frazier. You Love know you. what? He 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 had a soft land. He's got an Oscar. <laughs> He'll be in Killers of the Flower Moon. He's doing he's right. good. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one uh, with my band. Tim Bader is going to be on the next one, and uh, I think we got Nelly coming up, and of course the live show from New York. See you then. <laughs>